everyone. Welcome back to Young and Wifed Up. This is Marcella. And I'm Gabby. And thanks for joining us this week for our final episode of season two. I almost said season three. And I was like, wait, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. That's not right. <laughs> I know. Episode 50. I can't believe we've made 50 episodes. I know. And we now have 5,000 downloads. Hey, thank you guys so much. so cool. We are so blessed and overwhelmed. And it might not seem like much compared to many big podcasts. <laughs> but <laughs> like, well, we get 5,000 per day. Yeah. <laughs> but Marcella and I are not very popular people. So like the fact that we were able to build this listenership from scratch yeah with very little marketing we're not very popular with with young wives it seems like. <laughs> except for you guys who are our faithful listeners and our <laughs> girlfriends we consider you guys sisters in christ so thank you guys for everything that you've done and for the few husbands and men that listen to us i don't know what you've been getting out of this but <laughs> I know you're maybe out some there. insight to what your wife. I know is you're out thinking, there maybe. because some have told me that they've listened, and I'm like, why? Wow. <laughs> or you I'm know, flattered. let them. Yeah, I'm let very them. Flattered, but I'm cool, like, man. This wouldn't this be boring to you? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> Talking about you know the usual stuff that we get up to. Well, if you haven't listened to the other episodes in season two, or if you want to do a huge flashback to season one, you can head to our website at Young and Wifed Up. Also, be sure to check out our Facebook group. It's just Young and Wifed Up. Yep. I feel like I have to burp again. I drank too much water before we started recording. Are you like gasping for air? Really bad. I'm gasping for air no matter what at this point. (sighs) Well, I can tell you guys why you should um, join our Facebook group. One, because we are going to be on a hiatus until January of 2022, which is insane to think about that we're almost nearing the end. Well, uh, well, okay. Have you decided you're going to do a little something something towards the end of the year? I'm going to be out, guys. Well, okay. The the reason. The reason that we are doing, I'm pleading with you to join the Facebook group is because Mm. me and I'm also going to recruit our admin, Shannon McGarvey, who we need to do some thank yous. Shannon! Shannon, thank you so much for everything that you've done for our community. She does so much, yes. She's our number one hype girl, and she's always telling her friends about us, and I just am so thankful that she is active in our group, and she's always there offering prayer and a word of wisdom. Well, and and not just that, but she's, she's active in so many other Facebook groups, too. She is a a busy fruitful mom of four of four yes she's a busy woman homeschooler and, yeah and she is everything. still finding time to invest into our into our little we are project so we have going on here yeah we are so we're thank super you. thankful thank you so much shannon so shannon and i will be um kind of trying to keep everything going on the facebook group that's where you can find a possible gift guide for the holidays maybe and we also have a Bible reading plan coming up that I've been working on. So make sure you join our Facebook group that's still going to be young and wiped up. It's still going to be active enough, but we're not going to be publishing any new episodes. So no like podcast episodes until the beginning of next year. So if you have already heard before, we've made a couple announcements in the past couple episodes. We are going to try to 
to start season three with a bang by having a little get together. Yeah. So if you are local, if you want to come hang out with us, we are going to do our season three premiere with a little live audience. That might be two of you or 10 of you. So yeah. if you're interested, um, hit us up. And, and, and local being the AV yeah, in, Valley, in California. Southern California. If you're not sure I mean, where we are. <laughs> I mean, you could totally fly here and hang out with us. Like, I'm willing to open my one-bedroom apartment. You can live on, on my couch for a couple days. Yeah. But yeah, so we're going to do something fun. We're going to have drinks and snacks. And we're going to record our episodes and make it super interactive. So you're involved in the episode. I have some ideas on how we can do that. So please let us up if you're interested in that and you guys can look forward to that um, really fun season premiere and I have so many awesome things in mind for the upcoming year including more episodes about homeschooling and health and fertility and just all all kinds of stuff we're gonna do some collaborations with other podcasts that we like so I'm really stoked about this next season in January. So we're going to be resting over the next couple months. Mm. Marcella will not be resting I will absolutely not be resting. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be doing the exact opposite of it. We we will be resting from our duties uh, on the podcast. That's what I really mean. But um, yeah, so Marcella's baby is due the end of September. So you can pray for him, little him and her. And obviously, if you guys are up to date on the news and stuff going on in our county, um, it makes it a lot more difficult to do labor and delivery right now so yeah be praying for them for all the logistics of it that it will be smooth we're a little stressed out but will be smooth and that they will can... i be giving birth alone who knows <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> we don't be praying for us yeah. please <laughs> yes pray for all of us yes <laughs> but yeah so we're really um excited to kind of focus on our families and other things i'm starting up my children's choir up again um in a couple weeks so i'm really busy over the next few weeks the next few months so it'll be kind of good to adjust to the new schedule yeah and then get back into the podcast in the beginning of the next year so totally okay so real quick what's going on with the book club so the book club has officially ending i just um uploaded the last schedule the discussion um page will be up on sunday night which is August 29th, I think. Yeah, 29th. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the last um, discussion will be. So it doesn't mean that it's too late for you to join. If you have recently joined the Facebook group and you want to read Let Me Be a Woman, please do use any time that you have. Um, if you have any breaks or you want to start reading it, you can listen to it. You can get it on Kindle. We have the schedules. Um, We have a hashtag book club in our Facebook group and a topic under book club where you can find all the reading schedules and all the discussion threads. So you can hop on whenever you're ready for that. Cool. Also, if you'd like to support us, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com. And you can do that by heading to our website and clicking the coffee cup to send your support. Also, shop with our sponsors, which include Imperfect Foods, Covenant Eyes, and Earth Hero. Also really good for the holiday season coming up if you're trying to gift people with stuff. Go to the sites and you can gift something through there. Yeah. Also by leaving a five-star review with Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or wherever you listen. Also, be sure to share with your friends and fam. 
Sounds good to me. Yeah, man. I think that's it for announcements. What's up, man? Um, I don't know. I I was just thinking for a moment, trying to reflect on my week. I mean, it's Ryan's birthday week, so we've been kind of doing happy. B- I never birthday. said happy birthday to Ryan, like on his actual birthday. And you literally happy saw birthday, him. Ryan. Uh, <laughs> he probably has his I headphones never, in. I never said happy birthday. I feel bad. <laughs> we also I did see him. Yeah. Wow. I know that we are terrible sister in law. We thanked Shannon for everything she does for us, but we need to take a moment to thank the man that wears many hats. (laughs) The producer, editor, website developer, and um, maintenance on the website, Mm -hmm. as well as Nanny. The young and wifed up, yeah. Yanny. (laughs) (laughs) Laurel. Laurel or Yanny. Yanny. Stupid. The young and wifed up nanny. <laughs> you almost said it, didn't you? I know. It's really why can't I say young the and word wifed nanny? up nanny? There we go. He rocks. We could we legitimately couldn't do this without him. No. Like I'm not just saying that. Like we Neither could not do would, this. Do not have the time or skill at this point in our yeah. lives to do what he's doing. Yeah, so thank you, Ryan, for all of your thank contributions you, to our episodes and just being a cool a cool husband man it's a cool dude yeah, i guess he's a i cool mean dude. anyway <sighs> so yeah it's his birthday this week and he turned 28 <sighs> two years to 30 i, I know some I of you are like i'm like 35 he's a <laughs> well, baby what? okay you know what nobody Guys, asked we're okay. holding on to our youth for dear life <laughs> it's slipping through our fingers i'm pretty sure i've aged about 10 years in the last like two years i think all of i think stuff. everybody has honestly <laughs> Can we just all agree? <laughs> yes, yeah, so some we're, premature gray hairs. You know, from- even though we ha- I have we haven't done anything that exciting yet. Tonight we're going to be going to an escape room with one of our friends, and I'm so excited. Oh, you have to let us know how it goes. it'll be the first time. All three of us are doing an escape room for the first time, so we're really excited. <laughs> it's like a jailbreak <laughs> theme, and we're going to get in and out before and just have junk food and do an escape room so i'm really excited i know ryan is too i'm really i'm a little concerned this is gonna be a recipe for disaster i mean you're gonna have junk food so your your stomach is gonna be messed up you guys are high anxiety people i have a plan so i can't eat red meat but when i when i go to in and out i mean what else do you what else can you do and i can't have people like have a grilled cheese well i can't have cheese either karen So anyway, I the only the only thing that I sacrifice my red meat situation for is an In and Out burger. What if you like have I'm gonna have charcoal pills ready? Okay, but what if like you have like an emergency situation, you're in the middle of the escape room? What like what do you do? I'm like, going to beg for my life to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Be like, like having an emergency. Listen, I'm going to right actually here. defecate on the floor <laughs> if you do not let me go this to the is bathroom. Not family you friendly. can come back in. You can go in and out, and I can come in and out. You can escort me. Okay. So yeah, I'll I'll update you guys on how that went. I'm just a little, I'm a little concerned. I'll let you know. It should be okay. I mean, the last couple times that I've had the In-N-Out burger, obviously I get no cheese and I just have like a mm. regular hamburger with like yeah. fries and I do like grilled onions because I mean, how else will you do an In-N-Out burger? But um, 
I, last couple times I've done it, the charcoal pills really help. So, okay. We'll see. You're putting a lot of trust in those charcoal pills. Man. I'm li- yeah. <laughs> the the quality of our evening is based on how effective the charcoal <laughs> the pills charcoal are going to be tonight. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so what have you been up to? Are you doing anything fun? What's going on with you? Not really anything fun. I mean, I'm I feel like I'm definitely in nesting mode right now, like trying to get all of our stuff together that we need for the baby and like getting our room set up and all that good stuff. But I will say, I have to mention, I had a really disappointing morning. Hmm? I'll tell you why. Because why? I, w- I woke up this morning and I was like, I need a pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Help me out. What? It, what, what? A it's pumpkin n- spice? No, no, no. The other one. Pumpkin cream cold foam. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what, what it's called. Are you sure? Pumpkin cold, cold brew? Cold brew? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, okay, unpopular opinion, I don't like the pumpkin don't spice say latte. Don't, I don't want to hear it. I think it's kind of trash. <laughs> I don't think we can go I on I think with the this pumpkin episode. cream cold brew is far superior to the pumpkin spice latte. Okay. If you agree, please let me know. You know what Facebook I did have group. the other day? I had a pumpkin spice frappuccino with oat milk. I did see that on their menu. And, and I'm very it was cu- really good. Okay. All right, I'll have to try that. But I agree that the pumpkin spice itself, okay, first of all, the reason that it's orange is because of all of the dyes in it. Like, Oh, I could I, care less about I, what I color try, it is. Yeah. I try not to think too hard about it. So I've been kind of trying to make my own pumpkin spice latte at mm. home or like an iced pumpkin spice situation. And I, I mean, I've been able to do it, but it just doesn't hit as good as the Starbucks one. I don't know. I feel like even the Starbucks one doesn't even hit that good. Like the pumpkin you cream You should try the Sagebrush pumpkin spice latte. It okay. is far superior and it doesn't have any dyes in it. It's just like it just looks like a regular coffee. Okay. I'll that have to try great. that. But okay, so I woke up and I was like, I want this pumpkin cream cold brew. I keep calling it something different every time I say it. I really don't know what it's called. Okay. It's okay. We you guys know you. what I'm talking about, though. I don't, but it's okay. Yes, you do. With the cold foam I on do. top. I do. Just give me a hard time. Just oh continue God, with I your can't. story. And the store I always get it from said it was sold out. And it was like 8 o'clock in the morning. Oh, my. Like, are you serious? You guys are savage. <laughs> The pumpkin like, spice. Like, let me have a chance, please. Uh, it prob- I will probably never... Be- like, I lost my chance. Like, yeah. I, I should have gotten it the first day it came out. And that I I messed up. I messed up. Yeah, you sure did. So now, for the rest of the season, I probably will not be able to get it anywhere. Wow. Because it's always... That is sold out, and the pumpkin spice lattes are not. That just goes to show that they're better. Because mm. people are buying them more. Anyway, that's, like, the most recent update in my life. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, did you have any coffee this morning? No. You I just have, were like, it's not even worth shake. it? shake. No. That's I what get, I'm having right now for anything. lunch. Yeah, you left the, the dirty blades on on the rack it was not clean dude i knew it wasn't clean i just rinsed it and i'm gonna take it home to clean it wait what is that yours yeah oh it's mine i brought i literally put i thought you used I my, made my smoothie i made my smoothie this is going on way too long I, I know this is like a 20 minute intro whatever it's our season finale we can do whatever the heck we want <laughs> okay this is our podcast you know what you know what <laughs> 
We're going to talk for 10 more minutes before getting into the topic. But listen, oh, I almost dropped my iPad. That would have been a disaster. I brought my smoothie with me with the blades still intact. So I that see. I can throw it, throw it in my bag. You shouldn't have put it on the rack because I thought that was mine. Now it's sitting in the sink with my dirty dishes. Oh my. Okay, well. Hopefully I don't forget it because I usually forget everything here. <laughs> yeah, you still have your Starbucks cup. No, I, I took your... it home yesterday. Okay, good. I think somebody bought, passive aggressively put it on the piano to remind me that it wasn't it was you. There. No, it was I, probably Jed. Yeah, it was your husband that passive aggressively put my Starbucks cup on the <laughs> piano to tell me you've been leaving. Poor it thing, here he for was two just weeks. like trying to be nice, like, "Hey, don't forget your cup." Like you're being passive aggressive. You know what what he does? Sometimes if I forget something, he'll literally call me like late at night and be like, you know, you forgot your your food or your lunchbox. And I'm like, I know, Jed, I'm gonna get it in the morning. And he's like, Are you sure? You don't want to come get it now? I'm like, Yeah, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Or maybe he's just using it as an excuse to call you and be like, You won't play Fortnite. Yeah. That also might be it. That also might be it. All right. This has gone on for far too long. Yeah. Let's take a quick break and come back with this week's actual topic. (laughs) Marcella, guess what? What? Last night, I made our dinner entirely out of incredible food that could have been thrown out as waste and headed to the landfill. No way. How? Imperfect Foods. Imperfect Foods is a weekly grocery delivery service on a mission to build a better, less wasteful food system. They offer a full lineup of sustainable, affordable groceries that make the weekly chore of grocery shopping an effortless and delightful experience. Imperfect Foods partners with food suppliers, farmers, and small businesses to ensure that delicious food goes into our pantries and instead of the landfill. I feel like you started that sentence really weird. I did. Anyway, you guys have got to try it. Get $20 off your first Imperfect Foods delivery by using our link at youngandwifedup.com. Get it. Okay, before we start into our episode finale, we want to give a shout out to a very special young woman. Who's unmarried. Yes, and listens to our podcast. She's young and not yet wifed up. (laughs) Not quite yet wifed up. And that would be my dear sister-in-law, Brenna. Oh, Brenna. Brenna. Brenna, you're the light of my life. She really is a lot of my life because she cleans she my just, house uh, once a month. <laughs> she brings me food and like stuff. She 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 served so us. much money on me, you guys, the other day. She's so embarrassed by this, but like I don't care. She got me so many supplements that I needed for like my like labor delivery prep for the next month, and yeah. I was like, you took such a weight off of my shoulders. (laughs) I didn't want to go to the store. They're so expensive. She was like, I'll just use my discount. Yeah. It's fine. I I must say, I think that Brenna is a very good example of being a fruitful woman in her singleness. Absolutely. She serves people. Seriously. Like, truly serves them unto Christ. and, And she, and there's no ulterior motive. No at all like it's just to serve them and she serves me a lot she serves me by cleaning my house once a month or every couple weeks depending on how bad it is and to give me a good like baseline so that i can keep it up um and she she always does an excellent job and goes above and beyond and she's tried to send me back money when i've her. <laughs> and i'm like brenna no like i have Stop. to pay you and she's like no no we're not gonna do this 
So anyway, we just need to brag on her because she's a beautiful soul and she's single. So hey, if you guys have any brothers oh. or cousins, <laughs> cousins, <laughs> no. any any young man that is over the age of twenty. <laughs> preferably that is a christian (laughs) well we're okay we're shouting her out because we love her but also because (laughs) also because she gave us this idea for this episode quite a few months back so we knew that we wanted to do this as our final final topic on feminism and she was like can you guys please talk about this because she wanted to gain some of her insight so I Let's think, get into it. Oh, what, 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 what were you saying? I was going to say that I, I really appreciate her wanting to learn about these things and gain an opinion about it and not just read whatever is on social media and take it on as a label. And yeah, I really appreciate when young women that are single are are just like proactive in being like, you know, what what do I want my life to look like when I'm married? Or yeah. You know, I don't want to just be waiting around and, you know, and then whenever it happens, I have to gain all these, form all these opinions about these issues. Yeah. And so I really do appreciate her wanting to. a lot of maturity. Yeah, it is very mature. And I must say, like, this is, this might not be as controversial of a topic to our listeners, our, our, like, faithful listeners, because if, if you already listen, you can kind of get a vibe from us (laughs) that we are not feminists. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I think this is what I'm naming the episode though, so I think it's going to be We're very- not feminists. <laughs> yeah. By the way. Yeah. But um I I don't want to just say something like that because it can be really loaded and people yeah. like to say like there's many different definitions or I'm a Christian feminist or I'm, you know, Jesus was a feminist and all these sorts of things that we just kind of throw out there. And we want to talk about it because we think that it directly impacts our lives as young Christian women, especially whether you're single or married, have children, plan on having children, um, or if you have daughters <laughs> that you're going to be raising into a world of all kinds of ideologies and you need to know why we don't believe X, Y, Z or why we do believe X, Y, Z. Yeah. And so this is an important issue, and it has many sides to it. So, Marcel, are we going to be talking for six hours and cover every nook and cranny of this issue? No, we could, but <sighs> that would it would it every, would be a very everybody, long time. Everyone would be tired by the end. I would be tired. You would be tired. Yes. So you listening would be tired. We yeah. are going to recommend at the near the end of the episode some really good resources of people that are equipped and have gone in super depth. Of the history, um, biblical reasons, you know, every wave of feminism, just how it infiltrates church and education and careers and family life and everything. Like, these people are very wise women that we look up and respect. We've listened and read their material. And... um, we think that they have a lot of good to say. So we're not going to be able to cover every single thing. But if you would like for us to talk further about a specific issue or you just want to have a private conversation about us to ask us more questions about it because I'm we tried not to be so general that we're missing really important points that we we feel very that really do impact us directly but we also didn't want to be so niche and specific that we missed the bigger picture Mm -hmm. so please forgive us if we 
miss something that you were hoping to hear or if we weren't as clear or specific about certain things a lot of things are going to be generalized just because we We don't don't want this to be a three-hour episode (laughs) which it could be if we wanted to but it just really wouldn't be wise so this is kind of like a baseline (laughs) if one of these main points that we end up making kind of like strikes you a little bit more than the others and you know we might be able to do an episode just on one specific thing that we talked Mm -hmm. about in our in our next season yeah you guys gotta let us know what you think all right so our first argument or reason why the two of us are not feminists and we don't think that you should be either and that's i mean that's kind of like our as believers as believers um is that it is not compatible with a biblical worldview and we understand that people can come from different perspectives and interpretations but i think if we read scripture at face value for what it is we can take three big points that are absolutely incompatible with the ideologies of feminism um Marcel, can you read the first one and maybe the scripture proof for it? Wait, do we have three or four? We have three points, and then we're going to address the Christian feminist issue. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. First point. Feminism rejects the creation order. Um, And I'm going to read Genesis 2, 18 through 24. And it says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Awesome. So we see in the very beginning of creation, this order, this divine order that God created, that he created man and then he created woman because he did not see a helper fit for him out of all the other creatures he had made. And so the idea of being a helpful, a helper made for a man is extremely countercultural and very offensive because it's like, well, was I made for the purpose of being a helper for a man? And we see that Eve was created to be a helper for Adam. And so we believe that when we enter into a marriage, that there are roles and gifts and talents that the Lord has given us that he created and established in creation. Mm-hmm. And one of those things is to be a helper to your husband. And that in itself 
is not compatible with feminism. No, because feminism is completely against gender roles or gender norms and... Yeah. Not not just against, but at this point, erasing the idea yeah. of it. Yeah. That's and, a good word to use. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to erase it. Um, another thing that we can see from scripture and, and why it's not compatible with feminism is that feminism empowers the lifting up of yourself above everything else. I'm going to read Philippians 2, 3 through 8, and it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Having this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who through, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God as a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. So we we are shown in the example of Christ that we are to be humbled and to look for others interests above our own Mm. and it doesn't say like not to look at your interests it says not only to your own interests not only to lift yourself up and puff yourself up out of your own ambition your own vanity your own your own chasing after whatever the better thing is it's to look to um the interests of others and if we are in a marriage or that's something that we are looking forward to if we're single we have to practice looking at our other's interests, not just our own. Yeah. And Marcella, why is that not compatible with feminism? Well, I mean, it's even though there are many facets now to feminism, what it started with in the beginning was woman empowerment mm-hmm. and, you know, women rights and all that stuff, which we won't go into, but we're going to give you resources to listen more on that with you know the more of the historical side of feminism where it came from if you're you know really not sure or if you think you know go and listen to those things but um but the bible teaches us to it's more of first of all we can't empower anybody yeah we yeah. can't <laughs> as much as we want to we can't empower ourselves we can't empower other people it's the Lord that gives us strength. We rely on him fully for everything that we need to just live. Um, yeah. And, and it's every- the Holy Spirit that softens hearts, the hearts yeah. of men yeah. and women. Yeah. And and we are here for the glory of God and for no other reason. Um, so, you know, this whole scripture, especially the first part of it, when it's more like it's talking more towards lifting, like you were saying, lifting others up, that is definitely not normally what i'm hearing from from women especially nowadays that it's it's more about i have to you know i have to go after what i want what i need what i it's all about me myself and i and that is completely against what the bible teaches us to go for now and even especially when it comes to motherhood Mm -hmm. And I hear a lot of times people saying, well, I have to put myself first so that I can take care of my kids and 
And this is coming from somebody who struggled with mental health issues, mm-hmm. you know, with the first, you know, year or so of my son's life. Putting putting myself above my son and my husband did not help. Yeah. It doesn't help. Yeah. And I can now that's not to say there are practical things sometimes that you're needing to do you know to just you know function as a human being to just live you know normally to be able to take care of your body and you know that sort of thing but when it comes to when it comes to I'm trying to figure out the right the right phrase what am I looking for here um when it comes to putting others above yourself, motherhood naturally requires a lot of sacrifice. Yeah. And people run away from that. Mm-hmm. And they use the excuse of, well, if I don't put myself first, like, you know, then if I don't put my desires and what I want to do and those things first, then I can't, I can't be a good mom or I can't da da da. And it's like there is such a fine line. Yeah. And it's a it's I I understand and I've been there. It's really hard to find that balance, but just just be careful when it comes to, especially with motherhood. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to get trapped into that into that um, mentality. And this passage here that you were talking about, Philippians two three through eight. It I mean it's not we're not exempt as mothers from this yeah. from this passage. Like this applies to us too. And so the more we are, you know, willing to accept that sacrifice that we need to make for our families, especially our children, and it's a lot, the more it forces us to lean on God. Yeah. And which is a good thing, which is something that should be embraced. So, And if you are sacrificing things in your life to serve your, your family, you are partaking in Christ's suffering. Yeah. If you are suffering yeah. in that. You are partaking in his death and suffering because he himself did the ultimate sacrifice, which I know people can say that and you just kind of get tired, especially if you're in the Christian community. Like you're like, okay, yeah, Christ sacrificed everything. I get it. But it's like, how do we, how often do we actually like look at our own suffering and look at Christ and do a compare, a comparison yeah, and be like, the little suffering that I am, like the scriptures say that I'm partaking in Christ's suffering and that like the promise that we have at at the end of all of this suffering and sacrificing and dying to self that we talk about a lot, the promise is eternal life, satisfaction, no more tears, no more pain. Mm-hmm. Like, and and to see if you're a mother, which I mean, I haven't been blessed with myself, but I see all around me. These little souls, these are eternal souls, eternal. So what what work can be possibly greater than than creating the new generations of eternal eternal souls and sacrificing your time, energy, comfort? Yeah. Physical health and well-being. I know. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. And it's like, I don't think that we must, in order to have good mental and spiritual health, we must lift ourselves up above others. No. It's, one does not exclude the other. We yeah. can live sacrificial 
lives of servitude unto unto God, because whenever we serve our children and our husband and our workplace and our community, our church, it is all actually unto Christ, mm-hmm. unto God. Yeah. We are glorifying him and we're serving him through those means that he's given us. Yeah. And so those things feed our souls so much more than the things that the world is telling you that will help your mental state. Yeah. Yeah. And if if you're not sure what that looks like, it's like, okay, well then, like, what does that even look like? Like, how do I actually do that? Surround yourself with other women who can mentor you mm-hmm. and and help guide you down that path, you know, especially women who have been there before. Um, and you see, you know what, they've... Their life has just been an example of sacrifice, and I want to be more like that. And it may yeah. not look in the way that you think it does, and it may require some self-reflection and, again, dying to yourself, mm-hmm. you know, for for the sake of others. And, yeah, that that would probably be the best way I can I can think of. Well, obviously not literally, like, killing yourself. You know, (laughs) you see, you know, you still, I'm not talking about, you know, you still need sustenance. You still need, our body still needs to be taken care of, you know, in certain ways. Our, you know, our spiritual state needs to be taken care of. And sometimes that requires time away from, you know, our children and husband and, or it it may look different, you know, in different seasons of life, but I've gone too long about this, but I just, that, that is something that I see so often in the in the mother community and the mom community is just this constant. I have to, I have to put myself first and it's like using our children as, as an excuse for that. But if you're a believer, you know, we don't, we don't think the same way as everybody else. So that's just something to maybe ponder on. Yeah, And if you think about it too, like if we have etern, if we are, if we are eternity minded, Mm -hmm. It's going to af- like it's going to change everything that we do, think, believe in. And so t- sometimes people can argue that some some I- I- ideologies of the world can be helpful for a Christian. And I wouldn't say that there aren't things that could be helpful, but I'm saying that the ideas that are presented in modern feminism are unequivocally unequivocally unhelpful for a young christian mother yeah yeah absolutely and and single woman that desires those things yeah um okay scripture teaches us that we are equal in our depravity and equal in salvation but god did make different rules and callings for men and women husbands and wives in in the church in the order of church um, I'm not going to read all of the letters of Paul because <laughs> we'd be here forever, but just read the epistles, okay? And tell me that there is no, dis- if there is or is not a distinction in the roles of men and women in the church, husbands and wives in a marriage relationship, sons and daughters and, and parents in, yeah. their, in their family relationship. Um, employees and employers, servants and masters, there are different roles in every, everybody answers to somebody. Yeah. Everybody has a role, a position. 
I mean, in my case, I am the boss of my work. I mm. have my own business and I have clients and people under me and those things. But I and in in my marriage relationship, like my husband is the authority in our home. When I was a daughter living at home, I was under the authority of my father. My husband is under the authority of our church. <laughs> and our church is under authority of other churches and Christ and the Lord. Like there is there is a hierarchy in every relationship in everything that we do yeah. men and women have somebody to answer to yeah it's not that women are the only ones that yeah. have to answer to somebody okay and ultimately i mean we all start going up to chain and the ultimate authority is god right and so we should not despise the things that the lord has made a divine decree that he has made for our good and for his glory. Like you even see in, in the letters of Paul, like the relationship of church in Christ is husband and wife, mm -hmm. bride and groom. And so when we, when we take those things away and say, oh, we all need to be on this equal playing field in our roles and um, in everything, what are we yeah. actually asking for? We're actually asking for for no roles. We're asking for for chaos. no difference. It's yeah. chaos. Yeah, like the reason that God made things in an orderly way is so that there is goodness and fruitfulness and beauty in these relationships. Like we see, like an example of children and, and parents when we see a defiant, disobedient child. And a parent that is just at their wit's end, we see a disorder there, right? We see a disorder. We see the, ch the child is not submitting to the authority of the parents, and the parents are not exercising authority over the children. Like, we can all look at something like that and see that there's something wrong. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, in marriage, we despise the idea of a a submission and leadership. Like we don't see the we don't see the correlation. Yeah, and well, there and, there is, and and feminism will immediately tag it as being oppressed, mm -hmm. which is you know, it, anything that has to do with you know submission to anybody. Yeah, especially when it comes to women, you know, being submissive to their husbands. Yeah, that is like completely against what feminism will want you to believe or will want you to act or the way that they want you to you know live your life and their ideologies and things like that it's it yeah they they completely despise it um but that's not what the bible teaches did well you, and did you read those passages no yet? i'm gonna read it right now okay. so the the ways that <laughs> the ways that we are completely and utterly equal in the eyes of the lord are the most important yeah. Thanks. Romans 3, 10 through 12. None is righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. That goes for everybody. I, did you see where it says no. men? No. Men don't understand. Men yeah. 
have become worthless or women are not righteous and women don't understand. No. It says no one. Yeah. We are not excluded. We are completely equal in our standing of depravity and (laughs) unrighteousness in the eyes of the Lord. But if we are saved and we have put our faith in the sufferings and the the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ who sits at right the right hand of our father then galatians 3:27 through 28 applies to us too for as many as of you were baptized unto Christ have put on Christ there is neither Jew nor Greek nor slave nor free there is no female or male for you are all one in Christ in the eyes of the Lord, if we are saved, we are all one. Mm-hmm. And all those different dynamics that I explained, children, parents, slaves, masters, etc., like servants, masters, um, husbands, wives, we are all, all those relationships, if they have put their faith in Christ, we are all one in Christ. Yeah. And so... Where we can place our firm faith that we are equal in the eyes of the Lord is that we are equal in our depravity and equal in the blessing of salvation if we have put our faith in him. Yeah. And when we go to glory and see the the ultimate blessings of living um, a life unto Christ, yeah, like all those things that we don't understand will be made pure and we will have understanding. Like we can't understand sometimes why the Lord makes certain roles and relationship dynamics. And sometimes we can see pragmatically, like it makes sense in a lot of ways. Yeah. But sometimes you're like, why Lord? Like, why must I submit to my husband? Why must my husband carry the burden of leadership? Why can't I help him? Or, you know what I mean? Those things. Like sometimes, or, or thinking that he needs, or thinking that your husband needs your leadership, yeah, to like in order help to him lead out. effectively, yeah. Like, which that would be a whole, that's a whole, a whole other thing. <laughs> but um, that all those things will be very clear in glory. Like the Lord purposed things for us on earth, you know, mm-hmm. for our good. Yeah. And that that doesn't mean we don't, you know, seek out answers to certain questions that we have. But sometimes we get to a point where like, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. And sometimes when you get to that point, it's like, okay, I just, I need to, this is where my faith and trust in God comes in and my fear for his, for his knowledge that is far, far more than I, you know, could ever even gain. Mm Mm-hmm. In this life, and it's like, like you were saying, okay, once we get to glory, then, then it will I will be clear. <laughs> then it will be all be revealed. Yeah. Can you um talk to us a little bit about the Christian feminist Jesus feminist yeah stuff? Okay, so we wanted to touch on this because this is another thing we see very often. So while many Christian feminists, quote unquote, like to argue that Jesus was a feminist. And that it can be a helpful ideology to release women from oppressive or abusive circumstances. Um, we don't agree with that for a few reasons, and why you sh- why you shouldn't feel the need to even put Christian and feminists together at all. Do we believe that there are oppressive and abusive circumstances? Yes, absolutely. That women can be under? Yes. Yes. 
Absolutely. So, so in those circumstances, we believe that the pure gospel of Jesus Christ and a healthy church government can be the real light in the darkness for women in these circumstances, not feminism. Yeah. We don't, feminism Jesus is doesn't not need going your to help. S- no. Doesn't need feminists help. <laughs> no. This is a this is a point one of our resources that we're, you know, we've gained a lot of insight from from sheologians. One point that they make very often about feminism is that the Bible doesn't need feminism. Yeah. It doesn't need it. It's whole and complete. God doesn't need feminism to help him out, you know, with these with these circumstances where women are being mistreated and sinned against. These are things that are already covered in the Bible. We don't need feminism to to help us out with, you know, this sort of thing. It's already covered in the gospel. Jesus also did not come to liberate anybody. He came to save people from their sins. And we need to look at the whole of scripture to see the context and not read into the text of whatever ideology we want to we want to fit into. Yeah, I want to I want to touch on that really quick because I see this literally all the time and even like on TikTok when I'm scrolling and people want to make arguments for fe- feminism. But Jesus, what about what about all the women and that were in leadership in the scriptures or what about the women that were a part of Christ's ministry? Mm. And all those things. I would I would um encourage you to read scripture as a lens for the world and not the opposite. Yeah. Because when we when we look at the whole of scripture, we can see in cases like um the female judge um in the Old Testament, it was which was Deborah. Yeah, Deborah. Um that's one of the things that people like to say a lot. Um they'll throw Deborah in there. Poor Deborah. <laughs> She's being misrepresented here. If we look at the like the circumstances. the circumstances leading up to her becoming a judge, it was her becoming a judge was judgment. It was not Oh, like it was not a female. It's not these, a female empowerment. We have all these acts, strong yes. men, and we're picking Deborah instead, and we're going to lift her up in this position. No, it was a a judgment because there were weak, ungodly, unfit men that were not fit and equipped to judge, and that is sad. And we and it's kind of so interesting when we look in our world today, like. There are a lot of people that make a good argument that men that do, like, fit into the um, idea, into the the description of abuser and oppressor, those are weak men. Yeah. Strong men, godly men, are, are protectors, providers, and lovers yeah, of they, women. Yeah, they love their families, they love their wives. Those are strong men, not weak men. And so... We need to stop, like, Ryan talked about this when, when we interviewed the guys. Like, there's this effeminate Christianity that is pulling our men down to lift women up. And then we wonder, where are all the strong men? There's no good men around. 
And it's like, well, they're all weak because we have weakened them with these these ideologies of the yes. world. Especially feminism. We are erasing them. We yeah. are telling them you shouldn't lead your family. You shouldn't be the provider of your home. So you guess sh- what? We don't, they're not going to. We don't need you to protect us. We can protect ourselves. We don't need you to provide. We can do it ourselves. Yeah. Those things like weaken men. Mm-hmm. And so I want to kind of, I wanted to kind of touch on that. Now, the resources that we're having below, they, they can go way more in depth of like the Deborah situation and other contexts and scriptures that that we might be like, well, feminists like to kind of like grab that and say, oh, well, like this fits our agenda. Either way, we need to look at, we need to look at scripture and use it as a lens, like, for use the it world. as a lens for the yeah. world and not let the world use, have lens to read scripture. <laughs> yeah. Don't use a worldview or an ideology like feminism. Yeah. To look at scripture and be like, oh, this kind of fits in, have things fit into the word, not the other way around. Yeah. Mm-hmm um another thing that that kind of comes along with this is um what feminism has become over the years and again the resources that we are going to be talking about a little bit later they go way in depth about the um origin of the of the movement the people who the women who headed up and got this whole ball rolling and what was actually behind the whole thing a lot of people don't really know um and that's something we we highly highly suggest you inform yourselves on before Mm -hmm. before sticking yourself into this into this feminist movement ideology Mm -hmm. um but a few a few points as to what it looks like today um, at this present time is feminism has become sexual liberation at any cost. And if you're a believer, we, there's there doesn't need to be any explanation about why this is completely against um, a biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also become abortion on demand and obviously the whole the whole abortion thing that is an entire topic on its own that could take forever to discuss um but we as christians we oops i just totally changed up this whole notes here Uh-oh. by accident wait please hold does that look right to you yeah okay i don't know what i just did you pushed like undo, right? No, wait, hang on. Why? Why don't we? Why don't you keep talking about that? I'm okay, so the reason that sexual liberation and abortion on demand has kind of gotten the ball rolling and it's kind of exploded, it's because when we start to compromise on small issues of biblical teachings, and then it just starts to snowball into this huge issue of. Truly, like we see diseases, people die from STDs, STIs, um, children. The foster care system is out of control. The um, abortion on demand is disgusting, evil, and there is absolutely no good that has come from the women's health, quote unquote, um, that feminism has has started to um 
well, has now full-fledged, like, they're not hiding at all. Like, it's not even about your health anymore. It's about abortion when you make, when you do this, you, you liberate yourself sexually, and then when you get pregnant, you can always have an abortion. And that's their idea. Um, and we, there, we are, we are very aware there are other facets to people getting abortions, and not just that. Yeah, the resources again, that we list um, have address those issues yeah. including rape and incest and yeah. all those things yeah um we also see feminism has is erasing and in some ways completely erased um feminine distinctives that the lord has given us including language surrounding breastfeeding and ch- childbearing which you probably have seen recently i mean because it's been kind of circulating all over the our past, social media like, yeah the month idea or so. of chest feeding and birthing person and that w- that should make us angry there's some people that are like oh it's not really a big deal like it's inclusive or whatever when we are erasing the god-given things that he has given to women females like we are we are not only diminishing the role, but we are spitting in the face of God and saying what he made was not right. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting to me with the whole like chest feeding thing because, and I was, I was having a discussion about this with somebody like a week ago. They were like, what do you guys think about this whole breastfeeding, chest feeding like the differences in language, I just want to hear people's opinion. So I responded and I was like, I, you know, it's disgusting, but it's not surprising that it's come to this. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting because with feminism, it's almost like a contradiction to what they were, quote unquote, fighting for for so long. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which it is, is a which is mm-hmm. women being credited for what they are able to the the things that they are able to do you know as females female empowerment that whole thing but then this one thing that we are able to do bear children and breastfeed that men are not able to do yeah they are they're so quick and willing to hand that over Mm -hmm. it doesn't make any sense to me so it's almost like it it's made it very clear it's moved from solely solely women empowerment into inclusivity for literally anything anything that's depraved yeah anything which includes you know handing over this sort of language and like you were saying is some people are like whatever like who cares but it's a it's a big deal they start small guys it starts small it starts with these little nuances in in words that they use and and they make it really they make it more tame, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to open you up to maybe more shocking things later on. I mean, if if people back, you know, 50 years ago heard that this was going on, they would probably be shocked by this, mm-hmm. that this was a thing that was even up for debate. But yeah. but now, you know, people are a little bit more inclined to to accept you know the whole chest feeding or you know childbearing person and and that sort of thing so it's just very interesting to me yeah to see like how it's changed yeah. into this into this sort of thing i don't know yeah it, it as even if it started with oh like we just want to be treated the same as men it's not now, it's not now that. there there is no male and female no 
There is no male. There is no female. And even I remember a couple years ago, the big thing was the future is female. I don't think those same people are saying that. Mm. Because now we are not including the people that identify as females. Yeah. So we also see with feminism becoming, it has become, and I would argue that it began as a hatred of man, men like males, and a hatred of God. And we see that with the whole future is female situation, also accusing all men of being abusers and oppressors. Mm-hmm. Um, also using groups of people as scapegoats, more specifically white straight men. And if you're Protestant or, you know, even worse, even yeah. worse <laughs> for sad circumstances in life, instead of seeing how the fall and sin has infected ev- every area of life and the gospel of Jesus Christ being the only way that things can be mended. So it's like a... It's it's not seeing how how Christ can can mend and um the gospel can really truly heal so many practical everyday things that become these big um culture wars but but instead we're like well all white straight men are evil inherently mm-hmm and they joke about them and like it's so interesting because like it can even become it's like a meme like it's like naughty it's like funny like oh you know we hate straight white guys and ha 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 and it's like they're talking about your husbands and your children yeah they're talking about your children whether you you are white or not if you are protestant or straight or conservative in any way hold any conservative values um they're talking about you. Yeah. They hate you. They hate you. And it's it's interesting because a lot of the people that I see are also white people. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense. And we, and Marcella and I, if you don't really know us, we're, we're mixed. Like, we're white and um, Mexican. And so, there is no, I am, I am not, um mad at being white <laughs> no i don't identify like people are like oh how do you identify and i'm like mixed because i am yeah <laughs> mixed like yeah i feel like younger i probably would have said i identify as a hispanic because it was almost like the people that we were hanging out with would make fun of us for having white in us because we were primarily in a hispanic you know world mm-hmm. but like yeah it's, yeah we were i think we were more around minorities than yeah the other we grew way up. Around. so like yeah. now i'm just like you know what no like i'm not gonna be ashamed of my white father no no yeah and also i'm not gonna i'm not gonna like not admit like most people are very shocked not so much with you but i look i'm very white i look very white <laughs> And so when I tell people, yeah, I'm like, I'm half, you know, Hispanic or whatever. They're like, what? That's crazy. Because I just, I just look like a straight up white girl. They totally underestimated you. I know. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) Anyway, all of that to say, we can see these categories being made. That's kind of our, our point. Yeah. There's categories being made of oppressed versus oppressor. And there is no... There is no forgiveness or reconciliation yeah. or for or no mending of things. And it's well, and the and the reason why this doesn't fit, if you're a believer, this doesn't fit with a biblical worldview because the Bible says that that you know, each each person essentially is responsible for 
their own sin. Yes. It's not this group of people have all sinned the same, mm-hmm. the same sins. You know, we all, we all sin differently. It's still sin. It's the, the price is still the same, which is death mm-hmm. and complete separation from God if we are not saved. But it's, if you're a believer and you're, like you were saying, grouping people, you know, into this, well, if this one person, if these, if these few, again, weak people, we're not saying there are not incidents out there where people, yes, we're aware, like people are sinners, people, we're terrible people. Yeah. Like that's all there is to it. Like, why do we have such high expectations for ourselves without God? <laughs> yeah, really? Like, yes, we, you know, people do and say really horrible, awful things and they need to be held accountable and they will be. Yeah. Even if they're not on this earth right now, mm-hmm. they will be for eternity, mm-hmm. depending on where, which, which side they lay on. But to group people into those one, these few people did this thing. So then all of them must be the exact same is not part of a biblical worldview. Yeah. Amen. And lastly, um, Feminism has become the destruction of biblical marriage in the nuclear family. This includes the promotion of LGBTQ plus marriages um, and or just throwing out the institution of marriage as it is. Yeah. You don't need marriage. You can you need to be a free woman. You can decide or not decide when you want to have or ever have children. Um, those sort of things. Um And it's interesting because a lot of things have kind of become a norm in evangelicalism, Mm -hmm. which is very sad. And I pray that as women, if we are reading our words and we are, I hope that we are in good churches that is teaching that being a wife and a mother is beautiful and that it is a high calling and that, um, and that it's something that we should pursue. But um, feminism hates that. They hate it. So if you are married, they hate you. They hate you for because you are married. They hate you if you want more than one or two children. They or if you, you want any children at all, they may Or yeah, <laughs> let, let alone have any. Yeah. But the more children you have, the more your target the more becomes oppressed larger. You are obviously You're very the oppressed. More, yeah. You're just a baby maker, you know, those sort of things. They don't they don't understand the ideas that the Bible teaches about children being gifts from the Lord and stuff. So um let's move on to how feminism diminishes the role of a wife and a mother can you start with that yeah so one of the biggest ones that we see nowadays is it encourages women to leave their homes or children to pursue a career and um in titus 2 3 through 5 it kind of talks about how this may apply to us as you know younger women as you guys are listening to this and it says older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior not slanderers or slaves to much wine they are to teach what is good and so train the young women to love their husbands and children to be self-controlled pure working at home kind and submissive to their own husbands that the word of god may not be reviled that last part the word of god may not be reviled like us our conduct as young Christian women is a testimony mm-hmm. to the Lord yeah. and his word and what it teaches. And to others around us. Yeah. It should 
it should we should take that very seriously that that we are that the older women should be mentoring and encouraging the younger women to be lovers of their family and to be workers at home so that the Lord of God may not be reviled. That is serious. Mm -hmm. And so we don't see here older women teach the younger women to go and pursue whatever their hearts desire and leave your home for 40 hours a week to make yourself feel better. Yeah. And to have a comfortable lifestyle. I don't see that here in the scriptures. Yeah. We do, and we talk about a lot, a lot. So I'm going to reiterate. There are extraordinary circumstances, and we know we have people in our lives that have very extraordinary circumstances where the w- woman must be working full-time away from her yeah, home. Yeah, this is not, this is not for We're you. not talking it's to not you, you. <laughs> if that is you. You know who you are. There are, and I'm, there are many circumstances where we see a husband that is sick or ill or disabled that cannot work or cannot work as much, or the circumstances, like horrible circumstances of disasters or death. There are certain things that we believe that the Lord has given so much grace to those women to be able to do that. Yeah. That is not the prescription for the average Christian family. Yeah. So we shouldn't take that on as something that we should all do. Mm-hmm. Um, when we take any, I mean, I would argue that taking either families out of the home for all the, all the time, either either the husband or the wife, we see an imbalance in the home. And I saw this firsthand working for a secular family that didn't have any faith in, in any religion. I was a nanny for many years for several different families. And there was this one family that I remember very, very clearly. And I will never, ever forget. It was a, a police um, man that worked in L.A. And um, his wife was a principal of a school out here. And I would nanny the, the kids as soon as they get out of school. I had them from the time they got out of school until really late at night, most nights. And they never saw their parents, neither of them, their mom or their dad. and. They struggled a lot. They had a lot of issues. Like the kids had a lot of um, behavioral issues and stuff. And I remember really distinctly that the husband one day was making me a check. Like he had come home and he said, like, it was so weird. Like, I don't know what prompted him to say this. Like, I don't, I never really talked to him. He usually just paid me and I left and went home. But he was making the check and he said, I really wish I didn't have to do this. And I said, Oh, like I'm like, oh, do you not want to pay me? <laughs> like I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> Am I not getting paid today? Yeah. And he was like, I really wish that we didn't have to pay another woman to take care of my children. And I just like, like fell apart. I I was so heartbroken for them. And he said, I wish my wife would take a part time job at the school and and be home with the children. And I was just like, oh my goodness, they know. They know. They and they're see, not believers. No. Yeah. They do not have, but they have the law of God written on their hearts. Like, that is what the scriptures teach us. Like, it is in the creation order. It's in our blood. It's in our veins. We see an imbalance. We see kids suffer when both parents are out for long, long hours through, through the week. And, like, I could see 
how distraught he was having a moment of honesty saying, I, I really wish that we didn't have to pay somebody to be a mother to our children, essentially. And I really was. I had to be the disciplinarian, the tutor, the cook, the the maid. Like, I was doing everything, you know? I was being their mother mm-hmm. until their parents came home really late. And I just felt so sad when I, when I left them because I just was like, oh, what is going to happen to those kids? And I just felt heartbroken over over that situation knowing that they know they know that there is something different that that and he wasn't saying like oh i wish my wife would just stay at home like it was it was like a true an earnest desire for their children to have their mother Mm. it was an earnest and pure like there was no like and he was not like one of those he wasn't a harsh man you know as far as i knew because I spent a lot of time in their home. Like, he was not a very harsh man and wasn't, like, domineering or anything. And that's when I truly knew, like, wow, this is, this is very sad. We see, we see that there is a, a huge difference when we take a, a mother away from the home. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Anyway, um, we can move on um, to the next point. Um, so, uh, another thing that feminism diminishes, you know, with as the role of like a wife and mother is holding a vocation as above any work of the home, which you kind of touched on with that mm-hmm. story. Um, and again, we're not talking about, you know, this, the special extraordinary circumstances, cause we're very aware that those exist. Um, and another thing that kind of comes along with that is this really subtle, mentality that you are only well it's not so subtle anymore but it used to be (laughs) you are only valuable to the world and to your home or family if you are contributing monetarily and i feel like this is kind of like the one thing that keeps people in between the fences or like on the fence between feminism and a biblical worldview Mm -hmm. is this sort of like it's like okay, we're on the we're on the right track. You know, it comes to a biblical worldview, but then all of a sudden, it's like there's this guilt that's either placed upon ourselves or others place it upon us that we should be contributing in some fashion to the finances mm-hmm. of the home. And I hear a lot of women say like, "Well, I don't know, I." I I just feel bad for my husband. Like, I don't want him to have to do all the work. And it's like, that's what the Lord has asked him to do. Yeah. (laughs) That is, that's the burden he is supposed to carry. Yeah. We have our, trust me, we have our own thing going on too. Like we're, we're not just, we're not promoting you to like sit around and be lazy or watch Netflix all day. No, like that's, that, that's not what we're called to do. If you are, you know, if this is, as you know, as your role as a mother and wife, that's something that you know you really want to take seriously. Yeah, that's not what we're talking about, and that's that's something that we we do not condone at all, and that's not something that scripture teaches for you to just kind of be. And it and it's funny because a lot of people do still think that stay at home wives and mothers that is what they do. Is they're just kind of like they're sitting around, like just kind of like collecting dust in the home <laughs> they're not they're not really contributing anything unless they're working outside the home and like bringing money in and 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 stuff like that and so i you know i definitely 
feel from other women the guilt that they are putting upon themselves that they're not you know outside of the home working or whatever it's like you know what if your husband is providing which is what he was called to do Mm -hmm. you have your you focus on your lot and he can focus on his Mm -hmm. um but that's definitely not something that fits into the feminist ideology yeah and like our worth like if we're kingdom minded and kingdom building like the idea of how much money we are contributing to our home is kind of silly like if you guys are able to if some if a family is blessed that the wife can be at home and be with her children and and bless the home like why why add to the burden of being like well and i must take a part-time job because if i mean even though if we don't need it i just feel bad yeah like i feel bad that i'm not contributing yeah. you are contributing to the kingdom of god yeah <laughs> like- yeah there, there is already so much on your plate if you're not sure what that looks like again surrounding yourself with other women who who are doing that who can mm-hmm. speak into your life older women who can mentor you like that passage in titus was talking about that you were just reading a little bit ago surrounding yourself with those people um you know studying the word seeking out what it is that you are called to do that is enough of work for you to do on your own why are you why are you taking on the man's burden also yeah why are you doing this to yourself i don't i don't understand that and it it, yeah it doesn't fit in with a biblical worldview at all um also another thing is it disregards the idea of a smaller circle of influence, including prioritizing your home as your first ministry. So the scriptural order of priorities is God, spouse, if you're married, children, if you have them, parents, extended family, brothers and sisters in Christ, and then the rest of the world. And I hear so often, you know, women being like well i'm not doing enough if i'm not like changing the world somehow like what is that <laughs> what exactly does that look like yeah to you because i don't think we're talking about the same the same thing here if you're a believer you know changing the world it i under i understand like the intent like there's good in- intention behind it but for one it's it's unrealistic and you're again going to put so much pressure on yourself to um to measure up to this ideal woman that you want to be or think that you should be who's like changing the world and doing all this stuff and, and always doing something big but it doesn't look the same in scripture as it does to the rest of the world mm-hmm. so changing the world may just look like changing your world which includes your family and your home and the world may never see you reading your bible with your children at night yeah the world may never see you cooking and cleaning all the time the world may never see you on your knees praying for your brothers and sisters in christ and the souls of your children like the world like nobody will ever see those things Mm -hmm. truly but the lord sees and he's the one that will ultimately give us the biggest blessings that yeah. he's promised will lift us up yeah for those things yeah <sighs> we're nearing the end guys we're nearing we've gone off on a lot of tangents here it's good stuff good stuff the consequences of feminism in our lives 
if we decide to take that on as Christian women. So if we decide that feminism is a proper ideology to carry in addition to Christian values and what the scripture teaches, these are the not, I'm not saying it's the possible consequences. I would say it's guaranteed that these consequences. Yeah. (laughs) I'm saying, and I know because when I have a stirring in my heart, when, when I was single, I had like a, a, a very short, I mean, the circles that I was in growing up heavily influenced by feminism, I'll say. So like I had, I had to lay a lot of that down um, as I was kind of reforming my, my, your beliefs, my beliefs and, and actually reading the passages of scripture for what they are. And so I'm saying I've even seen this in a very small way in my life, the consequences of holding these ideals um, and trying to like say, well, I can have both. I can have feminism and scripture. Um, the consequences are discontentment in your heart, bitterness against our children and spouses, constantly chasing after things that we believe that will fill us. Sorry, constantly chasing after the things that we believe will fulfill us instead of finding our true contentment and identity in Christ. And also an identity crisis and depression. depression. That can happen. And I, it has. I've seen it in people around me. I saw it in my own heart when I thought that I can have both. And the first thing that comes is content, discontentment and bitterness. That's the first thing. And those things lead to death. Those things lead to not having a fulfilled life in Christ. And when we hate the things that God loves, it truly grows like a weed inside mm-hmm. of our hearts and it starts very small mm-hmm. it's like a whisper in your ear you know and, and even now i feel like it's just shouted at us constantly yeah. from like social media from tv and movies and just everywhere you you could possibly look and go as like a modern day woman now mm-hmm. it's it's very it's very blatant it's like they're other people have things that you don't have. Yeah. And that can be that can be like physical things, but for, you know, for feminism it's more so it's more so uh, I'm missing I'm missing this self-authority mm-hmm. in my life. Yes. And that can I mean obviously cause so much discontentment if we're not like rooted in the word. Yeah. Um so we we would like to recommend a couple things. One, we're going to recommend some resources to you. Um, can you quick quickly tell tell us what those resources are? And we'll link them. We'll link them obviously in yeah. our show notes. So, um, first one we want to recommend is the podcast Sheologians, and we've talked about them in the last you know few episodes. Mentioned them here and there. Particularly, the feminism is poison series, and also they did a really recent episode on Margaret Singer, which is. The founder of Planned Parenthood. Yes. Very, very informative. I highly, highly recommend that you that you listen to all of those episodes. It's very um, eye-opening and also just kind of reveals a lot about the feminist movement because I feel like a lot of people who claim to be feminist now don't really know where it came from. Or maybe they do and they're like, well, it's it's... Has it's changed, quality, yeah. like you know, but there's things about it that I that I 
that I agree with. Again, this kind of goes back to the point that if you're a believer, the Bible doesn't need feminism. Like, the Lord doesn't need feminism to help us out with the things that have already been um, taken care of by Scripture and the Gospel. Um, Also, the book Eve in Exile by Rebecca Merkel. This is one of my favorite books. Life-changing. It is so, so, so good. You guys have to read this book. I know um, on... Is it Kindle or like the Amazon Unlimited? I don't know. I know they like have deals often for this book mm-hmm. to do the digital download. So I would like check to see if they're like having yes. a sale on the book. Guys, it's so good. Because that's, I have the digital copy. It is, yeah. It's so historically accurate and just like showing the folly of feminism and, and then just like what to put on instead. Yes. Like it's just so beautiful. Yeah. And the last, um, the last one that we want to recommend to you is let me be a woman by elizabeth elliott and if you have listened to any episode in the last like (laughs) few (laughs) few months um you've already heard about this book we did a book club on it and um this covers a lot of things a lot of questions that people may have especially believers about feminism and why they're not compatible with each other yes ma'am yes so in addition to the resources we want to encourage you. I hope this wasn't a very negative. I mean, I mean, it's when we're talking about this, we have to talk about the negative. We have to talk about the hard things that we think are hurting our sisters in Christ. And we would plead with you to search the scriptures, mm-hmm. listen and read the resources we listed, consider the things that we have said and make 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 an a, a educated decision whether you believe feminism is compatible with a christian life and positively we want to encourage you to put on godliness instead um some things that you can be doing to help fight feminism love the word of god be active in your church community serve your family with a joyful heart Pursue vocations, work outside the home that will bless your family instead of taking away from it. And also listening, reading, and watching things that are edifying to your spiritual walk. And have sisters in Christ that are also pursuing the same things as you are. And possibly having an older woman. Well, I think it's commanded in scripture to have older women that are teaching us and helping us. So, yeah. I think that's it, guys. What does the timer say? I'm just really curious. Um, we're coming up to an hour and a half. Oh, sorry. Well, let's take a quick break and I'll tell you guys the last scripture of the week of the season. I don't know about you, but I'm always on the hunt for a convenient shopping experience. However, too much of the stuff we buy today is made without any thought of how it will affect our families and the world tomorrow. What if there was an all-around better way to shop with the convenience that we all want and the confidence that everything is made, packaged, and shipped sustainably? Earth Hero is exactly that. Earth Hero is a one-stop shop for all your sustainable and eco-friendly products. They have so many products ranging from beauty supplies, cleaning products, homeware, clothing, baby essentials, and so much more. Join us today on our sustainable journey by using promo code YOUNGANDWIFEDUP for 10% off your entire purchase. Make sure to click the Earth Hero link on our website at youngandwifedup.com to start shopping today. Okay, Proverbs 31, 29 through 31. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. 
Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her work praise her in the gates. Boom. Amen. Amen. <laughs> We're stupid. Okay. Um, we think that scripture speaks for itself, so I'm not going to elaborate. All right. On that one. Yeah. Fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. And charm is deceit. Guys, beauty is vain. This is the end of season two. Uh, we made it. We made it. Well, Marcella, it's been. It's been real. It's been real. Ay, ay, ay. Guys. Join well, our Facebook group. Yeah, we'll still be talking to you in the Join Facebook our Facebook group. group. Follow us on Instagram. And pray for Marcella and her family. And pray for me, too. Please. Okay, bye. <laughs> Talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.